It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. We are live this evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Chucky G and the lovely, effervescent Karen Frazier. Hello, Karen. And slightly yawny. And slightly yawny, Karen Frazier. So if you hear this sound, that's just her head bounding off. That's just me passing out, apparently. I'm a little bit bit sick, and I don't exactly know. It's like I hurt my back. And I don't know if it's from my back hurt or, but I also have like a little sore throat headachey thing going on. And I don't know if it's all related or what. So yeah, I'm just not 100% this evening. Yeah. So we have you, it's like kind of on the fence there with the, with the sickies. Then we have our producer guzzling a margarita. She is swimming in her margarita. Oh my god, it is the biggest Giant margarita I've ever margarita. I've never so seen a glass that big. She's doing car. the backstroke in that baby. It's yeah, huge. did you see that thing? <laughs> I am super envious. I had a cocktail shaker, but I limit myself to only one cocktail shaker. And I don't drink very often. But I was feeling sick, and I thought, well, if I'm going to even sound vaguely perky on the air, perhaps an adult beverage is in order. So, God, I'm the only sissy then. I'm drinking like the unsweetened like juice. That's all I got. Well, now I'm drinking. Now I'm drinking uh, water. Oh, okay. I feel better now. I felt like I was out of the the loop there. You guys were all like, you know, bamming it out, and I'm like, a little juicy, like a little kid who is drinking juice. Oh Lord. Yes, have your juice and enjoy it, Chuck. (laughs) Thank you. So, anyways, is that what you're saying? Juice, uh, juice, in the juice. No, in the juice. That's from Encino Man, by the way, with Polly. Yeah. Shirt. So yeah. before we, before the show, we were talking, and I'm just going to mention this really quickly. Um, uh, so like, I get super bored really easily, yes. as you know. Yes. And so I was kicked saying to Cheryl, I'm getting kicked okay, up. Three hundred shows have come and gone, oh. and I don't want to get rid of Chuck yet. <laughs> Oh, thank God. Yeah, but I want to change up the show. And so we're talking about things we could do. So if there's anything that you <gasps> listeners think that you would like to hear yeah. that you think would be fun within reason, um, yeah. you know, like I think people's ears would bleed if you wanted me to sing every week, although I would <laughs> gladly do it. Um, but no, if there's any, you know, segments or anything that you'd like to hear on the show, um, let Cheryl know. Send it to editor at paranormalunderground.net. And as we sort of consider some some changes to make to the show that don't include getting rid of Chuck yet. Thanks. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Thank you yeah. very much. Appreciate You're it. welcome. Well, isn't that you should feel flattered that I want to keep you around a little longer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much. I feel like I should bow at this point or something. I know. Um, you know if you ever see me draw my finger across my throat to Cheryl. I'll be like, well, thanks. It was really work. It was wonderful being on the show. I want to thank everyone for the time they allowed me to be here. Um, yes, and if it's juvenile too, that's fine too, because you know we do our juvenile antics. So, <laughs> so yeah. Anyways. Yes, oh, our juvenile uh, antics. That's right. I'm playing Pokemon Go right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you hear like. She's running into the microphone trying to get that little Pokemon. You know, it's all right. It's okay. It's just all part of the game. Um, oh, so, Bob said getting rid of what? Karen. Um, that's not even an option, is it? Whoa. No, it's not an option. Karen was our Karen was our first host ever. No, 
See, Bob, I'd be the, the first show to go. was Karen's idea, man. Yeah. I mean, no, seriously, no. we could get rid. Of, we could get rid of Karen, and and if my boredom ever becomes, you know, like that, I guess it could happen. No. <laughs> All right, this is taking a, a depressing turn. Dark turn. Oh. It's because I'm sick. I'm so sorry. All right. That's right. Um, but anyway, so email Cheryl and let her know if you can think yeah. of things. Oh, Bob wouldn't listen if I left. That's right. You suck up, Bob. <laughs> suck it up bob that's what we uh, like to hear that's exactly what i want to hear bob there you go. bob um okay so cheryl came out you know she got out of the middle out of her margarita to to talk for a minute so that's oh, good i did now can i go back <laughs> thank you yeah, it has just, been hot, really hot in the 90s. I think it even got to 100 the other day. Today, though, it was in the 80s, and we're oh. having some rain and probably a thunderstorm here in a couple hours. So. Just make sure you turn yeah, the mic. We've been, in the, we've been yeah. in the 90s today. <laughs> it was a little warm when I went out to go run my errands at noon. It was already 88, and I thought, oh, it's going to be pretty warm today. It's been hot. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, our guest this evening is Debbie Chestnut, the author of Something Wicked, A Ghost Hunter Explores Negative Spirits. She has other books, too, but we're going we're gonna to focus on... We're going to talk we're about gonna, that one, huh? We're going to talk about that one. Well, yeah, she also... Well, we can talk about all the other stuff, too, how to clear your home of ghosts and spirits. I'd like to know about that, too. You know what I mean? So, we can hit on all of it, but that's the, 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 the main gist where we're going to start. Gist. That is a word, right? Gist, yeah. We're going to start yes. with gist. Yeah. All right. So, anyways... But um, moving onwards and upwards, I wasn't going to, I didn't really have any news tonight because I was kind of like pooped and running around with the grandkids and all blah, blah, blah. And Cheryl came through, threw a couple <gasps> bones at me. Yay. So I picked two of them that actually, one of them kind of fits to the, the show's, um, you know, genre this evening. So um, if you want to go ahead and uh, let's just start it up. Let's just get where we're going there. Okay. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder. It's time for our news of the strange and <laughs> Okay, so here we go. I just have two, okay? But I wanted to do this one first, and I'm going to save the other one for last. All right, so this one is Tennessee Witness says UFO looked like a living creature, which I found this one pretty interesting, Cheryl. This comes from openminds.tv. All right, so here's how the story goes. A Tennessee witness at Hendersonville reported watching a reddish-brown tube-shaped object move low overhead that looked like it was swimming, according to testimony in case 77821 from Mutual UFO Network. MUFON, Witness Report Database. The, the reported witness and her husband were driving westbound along Vietnam Veterans Parkway in, in uh, Sumner County along the northwest portion of Hendersonville just past 2 p.m. on July 19th. Oh, 2016, when this incident occurs. So this just happened. My husband is driving, talking on the phone, which I wouldn't be saying that, but the husband is driving, talking on the phone with his brother, and I see something above the roadway, some distance ahead of us, that is pretty decent size and seems to be moving our way. We were driving about 55 miles an hour, and as a second or two passed, I began to think this is one of those longish government drones or something. The witness first believed she was about to see the drone, of course, going overhead. I thought, I'm going to see one of these drones up close because it was coming pretty low and over our lane but it seemed to be moving a bit erratically in its flight path. Once it got within about four or five car lengths in front of us, I could see it clearly and saw no wings, no anything, just a smooth, dull, reddish-brown color, hot dog-shaped thing, four offset feet things, <laughs> that's how it's explained, and cra 
craft slash creature was making a smooth swimming motion like an eel in the sky. Uh, I noticed that it wasn't even wasn't even really motion like it was a live thing. It looked about 15 feet long and about three feet in diameter. I'm so shocked that I finally hollered, what the hell? That's right. She said, what the hell? My husband takes the phone from his ear and says, what? I jerk myself around the seat so I can see this thing out the back window as it just passes over the car. It has risen in altitude, has turned off the roadway to the south, maybe 50 to 75 feet up, and is entering a puffy cloud. I can still see clearly its feet as it entered the cloud. It seemed to be gently entering the cloud, and when it was about two-thirds into the cloud, I quickly looked at a couple of the cars behind us to see if any were swerving or anything, but didn't see any indication they saw it, saw it as well as us. Uh, I turned to my husband and said, I think I just saw a UFO. Then I said, I think what I saw was a living creature. As soon as I got to a piece of paper, I drew what I saw, and I saw the picture online. I just wanted to know if anybody else has seen anything like this. I wish I hadn't seen this. I've been sick to my stomach ever since, knowing something like this is out there. Andersonville is a city in Sumner County, Tennessee, on Old Hickory Lane. Population was about 51,000. Tennessee MUFON is investigating. The witness provided one illustration with the report, which was filed on July 21st, 2016. So there you go, Cheryl, right in your neck of the woods. You can go out there and see Was that. it Chad? Oh, no, it wasn't no, Chad. No, no, no. Chad? It was not, it was not oh. Chad. I just found that online. I thought it was an interesting story. Yeah, I find it interesting because, you know, you're always talking about, you know, ships and shapes and all the different things, but... You don't hear it uh, too often of something that might look like an actual living organism. Like a biological entity. Yeah, exactly. Because, you mm -hmm. know, in the movies they do that. They have yeah. like some just a biological ship. Right. It's an actual entity. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So, I mean, do you think that that's possible? It could be. I mean, well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, anything is possible, right? Well, it's huge. It'd be yeah. like a Godzilla size, I guess. Whatever. Okay. So here's this one. This one kind of fits to what we're going to be talking about tonight. In a way, you'll see. All right. So I'm going to read the stories. It comes from WeekendWeird.com. Woman receives terrifying phone message from a ghost that haunted her childhood home. Okay. Most people have received a creepy voicemail at least once in their life. Oftentimes, they'd be attributed to prank calls, technical problems, or good old-fashioned butt-dialing. But once in a while, they come from somewhere else. After missing a series of telephone calls from her elderly mother's landline, a woman only known as Judy played back the recorded message on her answer machine only to receive a terrifying shock. The garbled voice whispered on the other end of the line sounded all too familiar, like a ghost from her past, literally. According to Judy, her childhood was the scene of frightening displays of paranormal activity. Her sister would, all, her sister would often collapse and speak in tongues. Mysterious noises plagued her home. And at one point, the activity in the house got so bad, a priest was actually called in to do a blessing on the property. All of these incidents seemed to stem from their bathroom, where a ghostly voice would whisper her name from the shadows. What alarmed Judy the most about the mysterious message was the sound of the deep male voice whispering the name, Judy, under the choppy static. The voice sounded exactly like the one that had stalked her in her childhood home, when, of course, when she was younger. Judy asked her mother if she had accidentally left the message, but the elderly woman was adamant that she hadn't even picked up the phone that day. Judy's daughter, who goes by the screen name Midwayer, took to the paranormal message board of Reddit to share the spooky audio messages captured by her mother. Of course, there was a lot of debate about whether or not the strange sounds recorded on Judy's answer machine were legitimately paranormal, with some suggesting that it was only multi-frequency tones, but others were not so quick to discount the validity of the undoubtedly creepy recording. Some listeners suggested even 
hearing snippets of warnings hidden within the audio saying things like hide, go to the house, and hurry. Others reported feelings of dread while listening to the message as if it was coming from a dark, malevolent spirit. Whatever you believe, if you wait until it's nice and dark out to give the minute-long clip to listen, there's a good chance you might start deleting your voicemails before you listen to them. So that are the two stories that were given to me by Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl. Those were wonderful stories. You're welcome. I love good, creepy stories. Thanks. I hope I delivered it in a nice, creepy way. You did. You deliver everything in a creepy way, so you're right on point. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have a question for Chuck. Thank you. You have a question for me? I do. Yes, Yes. ma'am. So you saw a movie this week that I think looks really good. Yes. But I'm trying to convince Chad to see it in the theater. When he saw Alone in the Theater with his box of snow caps. Yes. Tell us about this scary movie you saw this week. The movie is called Lights Out. If you've ever seen the clip, it's based on a clip that was on, been on all over YouTube and Facebook and stuff. It's where the lady's clicking the, the light on and off and she sees something in the dark and then she clicks it and it's not there and it's there and it's not there and it's there. Um, I think they did a really good job putting this movie together based on that small little bit. Um, uh, yeah, if that's a whole movie, I would, I, I would hope there was more. Well, the, the thing that's in the dark would, I'll just say that's the long nails. I won't explain. It's, it's creepy as hell. Um, and I mean, it's pretty formula, formulatic, formulatic, formulaic. Thank you. As far as like horror movies go, you know, um, I won't say if it's a good ending or a bad ending, but it, there is an ending, it, you know, um, of course, as most horror movies, they don't explain too much into the um, figure, but they give enough to where you know where it's coming from. You want to leave it open yeah. for a sequel. Mm-hmm. That's what they do with yeah. everything now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as a, as a whole, when I watched it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. For once, I enjoyed it. It wasn't like I was confused. I'm like, what the heck are they doing? You know what I mean? I mean, it's was pretty it much scary. Yeah, it was. There were some parts that were pretty creepy. Yes. Um, like, all, you know, those bang moments where it's like, hell so yeah. compare it to some other movie that's creepy because. Um, well, just like, um, like creepy, like what other type of movie that you think thought was creepy? I want well, to see thought, what your creepiness level of it is. I, I thought like uh, the movie the the possession, uh, based on the Dybbuk box. I thought that movie was pretty creepy. Uh, the first Conjuring was pretty creepy. Um, Haunting in Connecticut was pretty creepy. So okay. I mean, those those kind of. So I probably uh, wouldn't find this creepy then. Yeah, I found it creepy, and I found it. Um, uh, you know where the bang, the bang jumps. You know where they they get you where you're they're leading you one way and you kind of like get to, you know it comes from another way. I thought that was pretty creepy. Um, and there's another movie called I think it's called Mama. Um, that was really kind of creepy too. So yes, I I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I I like a typical nice you know uh, creepy themed horror movie. So yeah, I was good well, with it. Did you end well, up being the only person in the theater after all? <laughs> no, actually, it was funny because I started like, woohoo, got the whole theater myself. But then there was like uh, one, two, three, four. I think five other people showed up. So pretty much we still there had the theater. Go. Because so really, I was really curious to know what it's like seeing a scary movie in a theater when you're all alone. I've done that at the other Have one, you? like the Kent okay. 10, where it's like nobody came in and I was the only one there. It's like sitting in a giant living room with a giant television in front of you, and it just gives you more jumps and scares. You can you know? fart and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Lift the leg and let one go, and nobody knows. You can you can yell at the screen. Who's gonna care? 
Yeah, you know, can, you can just crunch and make noise while you're eating. You don't have to worry about being too quiet. Yeah, no, but it was really, it, I, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's just a small little horror movie, but I mm-hmm. liked it. I did like it. I did yeah, like my it. son saw it. He also enjoyed it. I'm still trying to convince yeah. Chad. I don't think I'm going to win, but. Who knows? Yeah, it's not a, it's not, it was not a bad movie. It was like, you know, because I've gone to a lot of, like, The Boy and The Forest, and then I come out there going, man, I wasted some money, you know, it was stupid, and blah, blah, blah. So this one was like, I, I went in with the thought, this will be a decent movie, and I came out with, yeah, it was a decent movie. It was exactly what I expected it to be. Okay. It was just a good movie. So Thank you, you for your review. Yeah, you're finish watching, Finish watching Stranger Things. Oh, what do you think? And like it? I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I did. I liked it. It, it for me, the nostalgia of it, kind of that nostalgic feel it had, I liked that. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that it was fairly creative as far as its explanation for the things that were going on. Yes. And so I, I liked that. Um, but I just have I have one criticism that almost made me stop watching. What's what that? that? Winona Ryder was terrible. You know, like her as a mom, huh? I used to think she could act, but she was terrible in this. And I don't know if maybe it was just the character or what, but yeah, I thought she was I, terrible. I, I think it may have been the character because I told Chad that she made me very, uh, what did I say, Chad? Very, um, what was the word I used? Like, um, anxious, very anxious, very mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. you know, she was. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe it was the writing and the character I'm then. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But her character made me very anxious. And it very... might have just been her voice, too. I okay. mean, she can whine like no other. <laughs> and, you know, she's kind of got that whiny voice anyway. And yeah. I don't know, but I remember her as being a better actress than that. Because, like, the movie The Heathers, yeah. I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the oh yeah, yeah. that was good. yeah I like the all the like the the Evil Dead posters and all that stuff. Did you notice that there is a, a point where there's a Hans Holzer mm-hmm. ghost yeah. book on them? Like there's yeah, cool yeah. There. There's, awesome. there's all sorts of there's all sorts yes. of really cool little call outs um, to the '80s that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. like the constant references to Lando. I thought was pretty funny too. <laughs> oh yeah, they're watching like I think it was like He Man was on the television once. Poltergeist, they're gonna go see Poltergeist. I mean, it was like that's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah there's lots of good references. I liked the title. I'm, I keep saying I like that title theme coming in. I like the yeah. music. That is it so. Felt, and the soundtrack was fabulous. Yeah, you know what it it felt like mm-hmm. something that was authentically created in the eighties. Yeah, then yeah, like it did. It didn't feel like a modern show. It felt yeah. like something that was authentically created in the 80s and it just reminded me of all sorts of things like kind of that free range childhood where you could go out and ride your bikes and stuff exactly yes i love the town yes the town was awesome where they shot it wherever they shot it at was yeah i did i like that a lot um yeah i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would i just i had so many of my friends who kept saying oh my gosh i'm watching this and i love it and you were one of them i think chuck and i thought okay i Uh, was one of them yeah, I, and I just thought, okay, I'll give it a try. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I didn't, I, I guess I did binge watch it because I watched it over a period of about 10 days. Yeah. Um, but so, well, two, season two, got to have a season two. Gotta, oh, uh, I think it will. They certainly left it open. What I liked, that was the other thing, without mm-hmm. giving any spoilers for people who haven't watched it, and I would recommend it. And mm-hmm. I mean, people who listen to this know I very seldom watch things, right? Right. Um, so, so me recommending something is actually fairly it's rare, a miracle. <laughs> unless it's a documentary. 
Um, but yeah, I one of the things I liked without giving any spoilers is they wrapped it up enough that you weren't left thinking, oh my God, I don't understand what just happened here or what's yes. going on. It's, 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 like um, the one, the other one that we were talking, the disappeared. No, the the, oh, the return returned. Return. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Um, I that one didn't leave me with a satisfactory ending. Yeah. Because it was canceled, right? But this one, it actually wrapped the season up in a way that was satisfactory, but there were still enough things that they can build a season on it. See, and that's what I think the way they should do all shows, because you should you should give us some closure somewhat, you know, so we can feel like if it didn't come back, we, we had some, it was good. It was like, we could put it as a whole and it's good. But still leave those little bits so that way if you want to start up again we can go again with another round and we're good for it i think that's a way of doing it because too too many movies nowadays you just go and it ends and 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 like the credits are rolling i'm like did i wait did i miss something do i have to go back (laughs) there's like a core of the movie i missed or something i hate when they do that well you know there's going to be a season two of stranger things Oh, have they already? Have they already yeah. been re, re whatever it is re upped? Re-listed? Yeah, they have, but they haven't made it. I don't think they made it official yet. But that they're saying some of the cast from the first season will be back. From what I nice. heard, the girl that played the you know the main character, she was awesome. The little, oh, the, the little girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's She's one from- of the stories that they didn't wrap up is with right. eleven. They didn't wrap her story up in any way, so that's something that could definitely go on to the and next. Is she from the Returned or something like that? There's a show that she's in where she has the long hair, and she's like this really mean girl with long hair. I don't she's, think she's from the Returned. Uh, is no. she? Figure, you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, yes. and I can't remember the name of the show. show. I watched no. it, and she's and I, like, oh, it's like, like someone's like older person's soul gets inside her but she's a little kid but she's really yeah. older inside yes okay yeah I, 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 I wish I could remember the name of it no, there's too many shit. hey did there's you guys hear much. about the Blair Witch Project yeah what is going well, on I heard something, something about it yeah, I guess there's going to be another I would like movie. you to know I actually saw the Blair Witch no, is this a, a remake whoa Karen saw a movie woo I know I saw a movie <laughs> oh, I'm sorry did you say Karen saw a movie I thought my headphones were like acting no, up no yes yeah, I guess there's a sequel too. coming uh, yeah. So that should be interesting. But it wasn't originally titled as being part of the Blair Witch, right? It was titled oh, yeah. something else. And, mm. uh, yeah, oh yeah, I think it was co- co-titled, and now it's out that it's a sequel. And it's the Blair Witch. Oh, hey, Chuck and Karen, about what we were talking about a second ago, it was called Intruders. That's oh, it. Chad found That's the name it. for me, so thank you, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. That's pretty yes, good, I, because I'm sure it would have been hard so. for Cheryl to find me, because she's busy swimming in her margarita. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. I got, that, I got that on DVD. I just like I couldn't remember, and I just remember she was not a nice nice person in that movie, or that show, not at all. Such, I mean, it's amazing how talented those young actors were in Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah although I thought Mike there, you know? should have been Winona Ryder's kid, should have been Will Byers, and because he looks like her. Oh, really? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mike, the, the kid that hid the 11 in his basement. Yeah. yeah. He looked like he could have been Winona Ryder's kid. Is it Winona or Winona? Well, you're saying just Winona. whiny. I don't know. Winona. No, I'm serious. Is it Winona or Winona? That's, that's, I don't know. Winona? Winona Ryder. Winona. Winona. Winona Ryder. Winona. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. Gonna be a ten minute discussion. Whiny, Winona, Winona, Winona. Chick mump or chick mump? There you go. Came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. Don't really know. 
Me either. But anyway, so I did finish watching that, and I actually really enjoyed it quite a lot. And um, I, I appreciate all everybody who was recommending it and saying it was a good show. It was a good show. I liked it. We're glad yeah. we could we could please you with a show. That's right, Cheryl. Did you and pick up that young doctor's notebook yet? The what? No, I forgot all about it. Oops. A young doctor's notebook. Yeah, that's right. It uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, he's and from, it's uh, oh. it's got John oh. Hamm and uh, Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Thank you. I, I told Chad about really it. It's super yeah. dark. Super dark. It's like dark, twisted comedy. Twisted. It's I I really liked it. It's only two seasons. It's British, but it's I liked it. Yeah, the Brits can get pretty dark, can't they? They pretty can get dark. Damn dark, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's pretty dark, but I like dark stuff. I I like, and I'm a big fan of like dark comedy. Yeah, that type of thing. So for me, you know, so I I enjoyed this quite a lot. It was something that Tanner found and recommended to me. There you go. Uh oh, is it a break time? Is it a break time? It is. We can take a break. break yes, time. we can take a break. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back with our guest Debbie Chestnut. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of HauntedShirtClub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Fraser, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. My name is Daryl E. Berry, Jr., Long-time practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting-edge, and founder and director of Next Density, a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. 
Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting, so why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text, and together we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstopwrecks.org. So, you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio? Well, you've just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. You're listening to MixLR. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Ken Frazier and me, Chucky G. And we have a wonderful, wonderful guest this evening by the name of Miss Debbie Chestnut. Debbie, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be talking about some of the darker aspects of paranormal investigation. Now, you yourself are a paranormal investigator, yeah? Yes. All right. 30 years. Wow. Well, you got me beat. (laughs) Yeah, I was doing it before it was cool. (laughs) Well, that's good. I was was doing the psychic stuff, like, secretly before. Yeah, that's what I did, too. Yeah. Yeah, secretly. But I I didn't start... um, investigating until maybe 10 years ago or something and now i don't investigate again so now i just do the psychic stuff and the energy stuff so very i'm an old old schooler like you so um so okay so let's let's just start out with who's debbie debbie tell us a little bit about yourself um i'm a psychic medium Uh, i didn't decide to write a book until uh I was in my 40s. I was too busy, you know, raising kids. And I have two grand, three grandkids. And, yeah, dogs and cats, pretty normal, you know, except for the ghost thing, you know. Yeah, but that's kind of almost normal anymore, too, isn't it? I think it depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. True. Or who you are. True. Yeah. Yes. Where, where are you? I am in Michigan. And it's cool in some parts of Michigan. You know, okay. 10 miles north of me, it's awesome. Okay. Where I am, not so much, but that's okay. All right. I just drive 10 miles and it's cool, so. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? feel cool, I'm going to go drive 10 miles. Totally worth it, right? And it's a, there, there's a really good restaurant there, so. Oh, well, that pays off then. There you go. So you wrote your first book when you were in your 40s. Yeah, I wrote, um, actually I wrote a mystery and then I wrote a, Ghosts of Anchor Bay, which is about around the air about the area I live in. Okay. And um, then I did Is Your House Haunted? Right. Um, it's kind of a 
I don't want to say a do-it-yourself manual, but it's a um, kind of a do-it-yourself manual on what the person can do if they think their house is haunted, like how to tell if it's what kind of ghost it is, how to debunk to see if it's something logical. Mm-hmm. Well, well that, sounds, that sounds reasonably helpful. Yep. It, it was. There's a chapter on there how, on how to deal with psychic kids. Oh, good. And um, how to talk to your kids about ghosts and, you know, how to keep a journal, when to call a paranormal investigator. Well, that sounds extremely helpful. So do you find um, that when you have, when you get called in to a home or a business, what percentage of those, just kind of a ballpark, is it because there's actually somebody in the house who has abilities? Um. Actually, 10%. Really? Maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, I get called in. A lot of times there's teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's little kids. Sometimes it's just, you know, adults. And uh, sometimes their past kind of catches up to them in a way, I guess you could say. In a certain way. Okay. So, so well, your book that you have, the book that you're talking about now, something with the ghost hunters explores that experience. Was that based on your own true stories of your encounters with there the are dark some side true things? stories in there from my encounters? Okay. Well, let's let's uh, let, I want to go there. So I want to. <laughs> can we can we um, speak upon? Let's just pick one or something or something that made you want to put this book this particular book together like why did you you know was it a warning was it you know what what was it that that got you to that point it was um about i think probably 15 years ago okay um we had just moved out to the area not where i'm living now but 10 miles north and um i didn't know anybody could barely find my way around and um, I went to a historical society event and I met this woman and it was actually a ghost walk and they were mm-hmm. walking through town telling all the ghost stories of the town, yeah. which was really right. cool. And um, I met this woman and she said, oh, they were talking about this big mansion outside of town that was haunted and had a very sketchy history. And uh, so my new friend, Linda, said, uh, well, why don't you come over tomorrow? I know the people that own the mansion. We can go over there. It's empty. I have a key. And okay. I said, all right. So the next morning, I was driving over to her house, following her directions because I didn't know where I was going. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I felt like I ran into a wall of energy. I literally slammed on the brakes of my car. Okay. Thank God there was no one behind me. I'm like, where is that coming from? And I saw this huge house. And I said, wow, that's really bizarre. So I, I took off, went to my friend's house. What was that house? Well, at that time, I didn't believe in demons. Okay. And uh, we went to the house. I walked up to the front door. I went to touch the doorknob, and something from behind the door growled at me. Okay. And I said, you didn't tell me they had a Rottweiler. She goes, they don't have a dog. I said, well, there's one in the house. She goes, no, there's not. So I blew off that warning. Um, we went in the house. Energy was very intense. Um, went off through the house, and we got to the basement. 
And when you go down the basement stair, there's a room to your left, there's a room to your, a room to your right, and a room to your left. And the room to the left has a dirt floor. And I remember walking in there. It's this big, long room that goes toward the front of the house. And there was a hole in the wall that went under the porch. And I'm like, gosh, you know, that's kind of strange. So I went to walk toward it. And everything went white, then it went red, and then I was pushed up against a wall. And I said, oh, this is going to end badly. So um, I kind of got out of there. Mm-hmm. And um, not understanding what that was, I kept going back and poking this entity with a stick to see what it would do. Really stupid thing. Because mm-hmm. um, every time it would react in a different way. Well, then it started going after my friends. If okay. I take someone by the house, not even in it, just buy it. Um, within two days, either someone would be in an accident or someone would get really sick. So I quit taking people by the house, and I was really ticked off. So I did the second dumbest thing you should do, and I went over to the house and said, look, if you're going to come after someone, leave my friends alone, you come after me. Okay. So well, you it called did. it out. Yeah. Yeah, it did, in a big way. Okay. And um, one night I went to the house, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and um, my friend was with me, and we got out of the car. We were going to take some pictures. And I saw, like, when you pull into the driveway, you're actually facing the side of the house. And it's a two-story pre-Civil War mansion. And there were two windows on the second floor. And it was almost like this ring of fire developed on that wall. And this creature just came out of this fire and I looked at my friend and I'm like do you see that she goes no but I feel something really weird and then I felt all this energy coming at us and I just went run (laughs) and we got back in the car I went home found a demonologist friend of mine online told him what I'd seen and uh, he said yeah that's uh, that's Amon that's what Amon I'm on. So, uh, all right, so let's stop there just for a second. I want to understand, like, everybody has their own explanation of what a demon is. You know what I mean? Right. You have religious versions, you have spiritual versions, you have whatever. So, how what do you equate to a demon? I mean, how would you explain that? I mean, are you are, are you like a particular re- religion that you, you no, equate to? No, I'm not a particular or? religion, and if okay. I come up with something else to call them, I probably mm-hmm. would. Okay. But to me, a, a demon would be a negative entity that is inhuman, that has never been alive in human form. Right. Okay. So it could be like elemental. It could be. It could be an elemental. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, some type of entity we haven't even discovered yet. Right. Exactly. Okay. You know, but for lack of a better term mm-hmm. that people can understand, I say demon because everyone knows what that is. Right. Yeah. It's, right. It's something that's I mean, not if nice. I had a, yeah. If I had a better way to define this creature, mm-hmm. um, I would call it that. Right. Exactly. Well, creature kind of covers <laughs> covers it pretty well too. You know, when you say creature, I can picture lots of different things. I'm just curious because you know everybody all, everybody has their particular take on what they believe it is. So I just want to make sure what your take was. Yeah, that's my that's my take. It's okay. kind of, you know, anything that was in a negative entity, because there's other things that are inhuman that aren't necessarily negative. Right, exactly. And then there's also in, uh, there's a human spirits that are negative, too. That are so. negative because they were jerks when they were alive. Yeah. They were exactly. major. Boy, have I, I run into those. You know, <laughs> doesn't tend to improve personality at all. 
<laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, that would be you know in a negative entity that is inhuman. Okay, and you called the negative entity Aman. Who'd you call? It? That was the what the demonologist friend, but from my description, said that sounds like Aman. Okay. Who um. I guess he said, you know, he's a lower prince. He commands 30 legions. Each legion's comprised of 10,000 demons. Do the math. That was the energy you felt. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, oh, we have a question in the chat room from Bob. Okay. Oh, here's a question. All right. So Bob is asking, could a demon be an interdimensional being which has different values right or wrong than we do? We kind of, we kind of like it's, touched on that, right? Yeah. Yes. It's very, it's very possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, everyone... Society, I guess, uses the term demon because we don't know what else to call them that everyone, anyone can identify with. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Makes sense. So um, you said that it came after you in a big way. It started attacking me at home. Um, it took a lot to get, get rid of it, to get it to let me to stop the attack. Um, I'd never run into a creature like that before. And, uh, and I have a really good friend that lives in Wales and I got a hold of him. He was like my mentor and I got a hold of him. I said, I have to get rid of this thing. I have to get rid of this thing. And he said, well, there's a couple things you can try, but it's really up to you. You, you can do it. You just need to figure it out. So, um, I came up with a couple things to try. And I kind of combined some Wiccan, some pagan, you know, a little bit of some, you know, Christian beliefs in there. And it came up with what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, then came the showdown, I guess, if you want to call it. And I was just about to get rid of them. And then I stopped. And I said, you know what? I can't get rid of you. Not that I can't. But if I get rid of you, I'm no better than you. And I'm really better than you. But that was naivety because now, oh, I blast them in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know? So you know? what did you think? Uh, why did you think that getting rid of him, did you think that would be like destroying something or destroying a life? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. I mean, in my belief system, you know, you don't destroy life no matter what it is. Right. And I just, you know, and he almost destroyed mine. And I'm, you know, it makes me no better than you. You know, there's got to be another way. And now that I'm older and I'm wiser and um, now nah, I'd get rid of him in a heartbeat right now if I had the chance to do it again. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Well, here's hoping you don't have to, right? Oh, he pops in every once in a while, about twice a year. Really? He doesn't do anything. He just kind of lets me know he's still there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you're there. And then so, I energy go. So uh, here's a question. Since, you know at least from my end of things, you know, with energy, you can't create it or destroy it. So if we're talking about an energy being that doesn't have physical form, can you, can you really I don't know end it? Or do you think push it away somewhere? You know what I mean? Or send yeah, it somewhere. I don't think you can actually destroy it right. as much as you can make it leave the space. Okay. But then you don't know where you're sending it. It could be I have no idea where you right. send it. Or it could make it worse, yeah. But... You know, you just got to kind of get it to leave the space. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I mean, in 30 years, I've probably run across three that I would consider 
inhuman. Mm-hmm. Right. In some way. Okay. And, um, you know, they're rare. Um, I've never, I haven't had one come back yet. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that they won't, they're capable of it, I'm sure. Right. Um, you know, but so, my goal when I do go to a client's house is to clean their space. Right. Well, let's talk that a little. Let's, 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 we have a little time. So let's talk about, I mean, how do you go, how, what, what are your ways of, of clearing a, a space or, you know, a house um, um, in, in general? I mean, just general, you know, generally, um, you know, I'll use, I, I go by what my clients believe in. I have to operate within their belief system. Oh, yes, correct. So if they're Christian, I'll use holy water, I'll use salt. I'll use things they're familiar with. I'll do a blessing. I'll do a prayer. You know, just because if if they don't believe in what I'm doing, it's not going to work. Okay. So I'll do that. Um, if they really have no preference, I'll do incense or sage or, um, you know, a couple other things. Um, if it's something I have to get rid of, um, you know, I have... I have a ritual that was given to me by uh, a team in Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll use that. Cool. Okay. And it like kind of combines almost a little bit of Wiccan, a little bit of Pagan, a little bit of Christian. Um, it's effective. In, in some cases, um, it's kind of like using a sledgehammer to kill a cockroach. <laughs> you okay. kind of need a sledgehammer to kill a cockroach, don't you? Oh, well, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's kind of overkill. <laughs> but um, you know, as I said, I operate within my client's belief system, mm-hmm. and why I don't think it might be necessary. I know that until I do something, they're not going to believe it's gone. Right. Exactly. So that's right. when I'll pull it out, and sometimes. I don't even do the complete ritual. I just do enough to where they're satisfied because whatever was there is already gone through other means. So, um, you know, I only do that in extreme cases. Um, If it's a spirit that's not bad, it's just there. You know, nine times out of ten, you can talk to it. Yep. And, um work out some kind of a deal. I mean, you have to kind of be part psychologist, I find, in this. You know, you have to deal with the ghost psychology, and you have to deal with um, the human psychology. And a lot of times I find myself taking the ghost side. It's like, look, dude, he was here before you. <laughs> so let's work out a compromise, you know. And Right. You know, sometimes I'll tell people who don't really mind it being there, um, you know, set some ground rules. Like you do with a child. Mm-hmm. You know, don't wake up my kids. You know, don't That's take- my one boundary. Don't wake me up and don't bug my kids or dogs. Those yeah. Are, oh, yeah. That's my yeah. two it's boundaries. Boundary. Yeah. yeah. That is and my don't, boundary. And don't, and don't change the TV, the TV channel on the last scene <laughs> of what I've been watching for two hours. You know? Yeah, that's probably a good one, that too. That would hurt yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, so... um you know, when you're, I guess when you first start out, you're like, you're kind of gung-ho and you just want to get rid of everything. And um, 
I don't do that anymore. You know, I try to work out a compromise. If the spirit wants to leave and they, they're not sure how, I'll help them do that. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. if, uh, if they're a good spirit, they're not, they're not a threat. Um, you know, I mean, my, um, my daughter-in-law's sister has a spirit in her house. And they've moved twice. And the spirit's still there. And it's um, her husband's grandmother. Okay. And she's watching over the babies. Cool. I said, there's nowhere you can run. The woman's always going to be here. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, you know, deal with it. She's not going to hurt anybody. She's protecting your children. That's benevolent. Absolutely. Right. Right. So now they've kind of accepted that. You know, and they're good with that. I said, she's not here all the time. She comes and goes. But she's watching over those babies. And who doesn't want that? You know, my great aunt used to come back and watch over my babies. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want that kind of uh, protection? Yep. Yep. Let's do this. Um, I do have a question in chat, but I think since we're so close to our break, let's take our break. And when we come back, we can ask the question from chat. So stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of hauntedshirtclub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. Hauntedshirtclub.com, right? Yep, that's it. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. 
So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back live on MixLR. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, Karen Frazier, and me, Chucky G, along with our guest, Debbie Chestnut. Karen, I believe you have some questions to cover before we went to break, so go right ahead. Well, I just noticed that um, Lynn and Misty in chat both were interested in hearing more about the attacks, like some specifics, if that's something you're comfortable talking about. Yeah, I don't have a problem talking about it. Um, I would wake up in the middle of the night because I knew something was in the house. And I'd get up, I'd walk around, couldn't buy anything, couldn't feel it. I, mean, I knew it was there, but I just couldn't find it. And I'd say, forget it, I'd go back to bed. And the second I got back into bed, something would like grab me and hold me down. And, uh, and some people say it's sleep paralysis, but I've been up awake walking around, I gotta drink water. Yeah, that's, that's not how sleep paralysis works. Right, and uh, it would hold me down and I could feel its breath. You know, I could just feel like this hot breath and it'd take everything I could do to stop it. And then uh, one morning I remember my husband got up and he went to take a shower to go to work and I thought he had talk radio on because I heard a radio and I wasn't even ready to get up yet. It was some godly hour of the morning. And, uh, I was kind of half listening to the radio and then I felt something breathe in my ear and I kind of jerked up and I sat up in bed and I realized the radio wasn't on. Oh. Yes. Yeah. It did that like four or five times. Um, One night I was actually in a restaurant with um, some friends and my husband and we're talking, you know, it's about normal things. You know, we're all boaters. We were talking about boats and where we're going to go that weekend. And all of a sudden, I was traveling, like, super fast. And I didn't even realize what was happening. And next thing I knew, I was coming in for a landing on the third floor of this house, the one where the demon lived. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I just kind of like stopped for a second and said, whoa, how did I get here? More importantly, how do I get back? I got myself, thought myself back, got back. Mm-hmm. And my friends and my husband are going, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Sorry. I was just somewhere else for a moment. I didn't want to tell them literally. but Right. So it would do that kind of thing. Um, it was really quite scary. So it's no. more like astral projection than uh, like a remote view kind of a deal, like in other words? You could get out of body experience. Yeah, yeah. It you know, felt yeah. like you were traveling through. Remember on Star Trek, how they are Star Wars, whatever, where they go to warp speed and all the stars were like going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's yeah. what it was like. Oh, that must have been great while you're sitting there with your friends, right? Yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> And then you literally see your feet as you're touching down on the third floor of this house. And you're standing there going, WTF, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do I get back? <laughs> was there anything happening? Like when you got there, was there a reason why you were there? I didn't hang there? around long enough to find out. <laughs> you were like, get out of here. Don't you think bringing you was there, there was just its way of letting you know it was that, it was that entity? Yeah, I think it was just... 
it's way of telling me um, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, I got you. You know, I think it was an intimidation tactic. It was, um, you know, something to break you down. You know, but I was stronger than that. So, um, you know, that I was thinking about it later that night. And I'm going, man, that was cool. I wonder how that happened. You know? <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> it would be kind of interesting. Absolutely. You know, now that you realize you're safe and, um, you know, it only did that once. But I'm not really sure that it was him or whether there was another entity in the house, um, James. Mm -hmm. um, he was the son of the original owner. He'd not been a really nice person in life. He wasn't any much better in death. And I kind of wonder sometimes, and he lived on the third floor. Um, so I kind of wonder if maybe it was him, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one it was. So, so you have besides the case we've talked about, uh, what other cases? You know, are there other cases that were interesting and in whatever, whether they're negative or positive, you know, in any shape or form that you that you personally found uh, very interesting. The one I found the most fascinating to me personally, um, I still think about it was twelve, thirteen years ago. Um, we were called to this house. It was an apartment. Um, it had once been an antique store. And the young man that lived there, um, extremely religious, and all his stuff was being thrown around his room. His shelves were being ripped out of walls. He was scared. So we went, um, James and I went, and in his room was this big antique mirror. This It was a floor mirror mm -hmm. and this beautiful, ornate holder. And I said, where did that come from? Because it just doesn't, it didn't fit. And um, he said, I don't know. The landlord told me never to get rid of this mirror. So, you know, we started to do a little bit of investigation, started to talk to a spirit a little bit, couldn't figure out where he was. And uh, because James was filming, um, I pulled out a pendulum, which I don't really need. But if he's filming, it's better than just watching someone stand there talking to air. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um I kind of pulled that out and I was standing by the mirror and I found out his name was Jake. And I'm like, where are you? And the bottom of this, the pendulum part literally like curved the string and went against the mirror. Oh, and I'm like, are you in the mirror? And he's yes. Yes. I'm in the mirror. Help me get out. And I kind of looked at James and said, he's, he's, he's in the mirror. I said, we, we need to talk about this. And we went in the other room and uh, he said, what are we going to do? I said, well, um, I'm going to put my hands against the mirror. I'm going to let him come through me, follow my energy out. And he's going to go right into the light. And he said, well, I don't really like that plan. What's plan B? I said, there is no plan B. That's all I got. And uh, so that's what I did. And we got him out of the mirror, and he left right away. He was just mm -hmm. so glad to be free. And I'm still kind of wondering. I didn't think at the time because I was just so flustered on how someone got trapped in a mirror that I yeah, didn't even I was think, just going to ask how did he get in there? I got there because I was just. I mean, I've heard of that happening that mirrors can be portals, and yes, you know, but mm -hmm. I've never heard of a spirit getting stuck in a mirror. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to figure out how that happened. I figure it had to be like. 
chaos magic, dragon magic. Um, maybe the portal shut and he was stuck. I, I, I have no idea. Hmm. That was probably one of my more interesting cases that just sticks with me. Some of them just stick with you more than others. Yeah. Sure. This is one of the ones that just really, uh, really stays with me. I still think about that case. Um, another one we had, um, there was a piece of property north, way north of me. And there was a house on the property and a lot of acreage, a lot of acreage. Right. And, uh, they had a uh, inhuman in the basement. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll, I'll get rid of it. And, you know, we were outside walking around and uh, before it got dark, we were like kind of walking through the land and everything. And uh, we knew that back in the 60s or 70s, there'd been a satanic cult that had operated in, out there somewhere. We didn't know where. And the lady that owned the home said, oh, yeah, there's the remains of an old church somewhere out here. I don't remember where it is. And it was getting dark. We couldn't look for it. And we knew that this cult had once been in this abandoned church. So we think that's where this inhuman came from. So as I'm getting ready to begin my ritual, James had the ghost box on. And I walked by the ghost box to go get something. And this voice comes out of it and says, you're going to die. Oh, good. And everyone oh, so yeah, that's a wonderful and message. I just kind of looked down at the box and I said, yeah, I am. But it's not going to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, nice answer. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and I I got rid of it, and um, I'm honestly I'm really surprised that he hasn't come back because I think somewhere on that land is that church where that that cult operated in the 60s and 70s. There's bound to be something else there. There's just there has to be. I can't imagine there not being. Right. With your with your mediumship skills, do you? Well, I always like to ask people this just because of my own, but do you do you have spirit guides that you work with? You just do you just go off the cuff? I mean, do you have Um I do work, work I do work with um I have a couple guides I work with. One of them is actually my dad who okay. passed. All right. Um I work with him. Like if I'm dealing with a child spirit and I need to find their parents who have passed or their grandparents. Okay. Um I use my dad because, you know, it's way easier for him to find people over there than me. Mm-hmm. So um, he'll go find them and uh, bring them and to what I call like a bridge because in my mind I, I make a bridge. Right. And so the spirit, this little child can go halfway across the bridge and then my dad will send whoever they know has passed to get them. And um, so I do work with my dad. Okay. Um, which is kind of funny because he never really believed in what I did when he was alive. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How that's yeah, also kind of no, jeez, jeez, yeah. I was so wrong. <laughs> I know, I know, and I have a, I have a couple, of, another guide I work with occasionally, um, when I need to. Right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't run into a lot of spirits that are really need me to work with a guide that much. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. If I need them, they're there, mm-hmm. which is nice to have that that backup, I guess. Yeah. And how does how how do your gifts work? I mean, do you 
is it, is it a seeing, a hearing, uh, a knowing? You know, like how you know like everybody has their own way of doing it. What, what, how would you explain how you pick up on things? Um, I feel first because okay. I'll pick up energy first, mm-hmm. and then um, you know I kind of describe it as radio frequencies. You know, the energy is like radio radio frequencies. Yes, and I had kind of adjust my frequency or my energy to yes. where they are mm-hmm. whether they're on a low frequency or a higher frequency i kind of adjust because that makes it easier to communicate right and then i'll open up you know telepathically try to communicate with them mm-hmm. um sites usually last although sometimes um if i touch the building or something i'll see things that have happened in the past there which helps or sometimes they, um, the spirit will show me. It's almost like a movie in my head. Mm-hmm. They'll show me things that that I need to relate to whoever I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of how I work. Okay. It, just de- it depends on the place. It depends on the spirit. And do you do you and do you, like do people come to you for the help, or do you just do you look for places to go? To, people usually you know, come to me. Okay. Um, you know, they usually, I actually do a lot more by email and um, Skype than I do with physically going out to the location. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I get emails from all over the country. And uh, so it's just easier to deal with them that way if I can. If not, I find a team that can help them where they are. All right. And uh, like I'll say, uh, I don't know if you still have family around. What I mean, the people that if you have family around, what do they think about what you do? Or I mean, you know, we already talked about your dad, so we know uh, well, well, he's on on the well, fence my, on that now. But my, my my husband's an engineer. Okay, that's those mine. <laughs> and uh, you know, he says everything can be explained by science. Oh. Mine and I said to say that too, but he was married to me for a long time, and. <laughs> yeah, and I said, "Really? Explain what I do." But he goes, "I I can't." And I'm like, "Well, then everything can't be explained by science." Mm-hmm. He he accepts it. You know, the only thing he tells me when I'm going ghost hunting is, "Please don't bring any of your little friends home." <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be funny. He says that, but yeah, he seems like he doesn't want to believe it. But then yeah, make I those hear that a lot from um, from people, especially women. That their spouses—that's the number one thing their spouses say—is don't bring any anything home with you. Mm-hmm. Huh. I hear that a lot. Well, you think they yeah. wouldn't say that though if they don't really—if they're saying that they don't really, per se. Well, I—I I, I, I don't know. He just—he can't explain it. You know, we used to live in a haunted house. It's like, come on, right. give us the program. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so do you yeah, ever? Yeah, funny. Does anything ever come up where you? Where you pick up something off of him, but you don't share? Has that ever happened? Um, or you want to share and you couldn't? Or you No, know. I don't. Like, he's, um, he's had some dreams where, like, his grandmother and his dad and um, his aunt and uncle, who are all deceased, have come to him. And, you know, and they're talking to him and they're having these wonderful conversations. And he'll tell me about those. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, they came to visit. 
And uh, <laughs> he's like, face. well, why did they do it that way? I said, what would you do if Aunt Lou, if Uncle Lou, that's up the way you're going to pay room. attention. Said, How's it going? You got some whiskey? Really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> because that's there. the easiest way for them to do it is because yeah, people because they're are not more gonna, They're not going to scare you. They're not going to freak you out. You're more open when you're sleeping. And people, they can write it off and say, well, it was just a dream. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, exactly. they, then they come to me and they tell me about it. I'm like, yeah, no, dude, that wasn't a dream. Well, yeah. you know, it always surprises me that people don't realize because the quality of those dreams is usually very different yes. than the quality very, of dreams. It's very hyper real. Yeah. Real. Yeah. You know, and they just, for some people, I think it's just hard to accept and that's their way of rationalizing it. No, I get it. You know, I mean, you know, perception is reality to some people. Yeah, absolutely. My perception of reality is just different than some other people's and that's fine. Yep. That's a good way of looking at it. So um, getting back to your book, Something Wicked, Mm -hmm. um, does it just talk about this one case or do, is it, kind of advice for people or there's some other cases in there um there's a lot of cases i was not involved in that happened years ago um you know i've changed all the names um even though some of them are very famous cases because i feel that those people have been victimized enough i don't want to re-victimize anyone um there's a lot of cases where uh people have done exorcisms because they thought someone was possessed, and um, it's really true. It's really the mur- you know murder, um, but in their mind, that person was possessed. Um, I talk about the possession syndrome. What's that? Uh, the possession syndrome is now actually being recognized by psychologists as um, a type of. Oh, hey, I don't want to say mental illness because I don't think it is. Does it have a DSM diagnosis though? A lot of them diagnose it as um, disassociative disorder, oh, okay. um, multiple personalities, yada, yada, on and on and on. Um, okay. um, Tourette's syndrome. Um, but the patients exhibit a lot of signs of demonic possession. And coincidentally, the majority of those patients, according to some articles I found in very respected journals, um, actually get relief from their symptoms if an exorcism is performed. Now those symptoms might return, but they do get some relief from an exorcism. So some um, some psychologists are actually starting to work with priests to give some relief to their patients, which I find very interesting. Hmm. Like a placebo so, thing? do you think it is actually some form of possession, or is it? Um, it's hard to say. You know, it's it's a fine line. You know, it's a fine line. It's hard to say. Maybe with some of those people, it might be possession, but with some of them, it might be a form of mental illness. You know, without having been there and seen the patient or felt the energy. Um, it's hard for me to say. Um, I did talk to one of the doctors who had an article about it in Psychology Today, and even he couldn't answer that. He said, I don't know. 
You know, he goes, psychologically, I would say it's a mental illness. He goes, but as a person, as a human being, I would have to say, I don't know in all of them, Hmm. which I also found uh, very honest and um, interesting. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I had never heard. I I didn't know that. I mean, the field of psychology is really starting to recognize that. And well, and I, I've heard people theorize for years that um, that some mental illnesses may actually be some type of, of possession. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think maybe some of them are. Not and maybe all. some possessions are actually mental illness. Yeah, exactly. I think it can be, it's a very fine line. I mean, if you look at possession and you look at um, the symptoms of some some mental illnesses, they do parallel each other closely. And I can see where it would be hard to tell them apart in some cases. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm i just very thrilled that the psych- field of psychology, uh, the science is starting to recognize that this is a possibility and that um, in a couple articles I found, they said, you know, psychology needs to start working closely with, more closely with, um, you know, members of clergy and other people in the paranormal field to maybe try to help some of these patients, which I found very interesting. They were even open to that idea, and I, I embrace it. I think it's about time. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, you yeah. know. Um, so that, I found that very fascinating. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that one for a while. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. So do you have recommendations for people then who think that they have something darker, whether it's in themselves or in their homes? Or, I mean, how, how does someone proceed? Um, the best thing is to catch it early because a demon's not going to come in and just possess you know, there's stages. there will be warning signs. There will be warning. There will be stages. There's going to be repression, oppression. You know, right? And people know what those stages are, but I don't think they necessarily know what those look like. Right. And I I do go into detail in the book about the symptoms, and um, it might come off as being a bit repetitive, but I mean, I think what a lot of people don't understand, and I get it all the time, is you know, people call me and they're like, my house is haunted. I think it's a demon. Why would you think that? Why is everybody automatically assume? Immediately. That's immediately, immediately where they go. And, you know, they tell me what's going on in their house. It's a common haunting. And I'm like, no, you don't have a demon. Well, how do you know? Because it's not severe enough. It's like, what do you mean? I said a demonic haunting is like a regular haunting on steroids. You know, um, but a demon is going to start out very slick. I mean, you you know, like you might be sleeping and they're going to start whispering in your ear and planting ideas in your head that aren't yours. Um, They can appear as someone you knew that has deceased, a child, um, a pet you like, anything. Because there is, they they have a rule. Demons, there are rules, believe it or not. And depending on what you believe religiously, um, 
one of the rules is, is that demon cannot enter your life unless it's invited. Now, demons take that very literally. Extremely literally. So let's say that you move into a house and you think it's haunted. Um, but it might be really a demon. You just don't know it's a demon. It's just haunted. You think it's just haunted. If you don't leave that house to the demon, you've accepted it into your life. That's how easy it is, how literal they are. Um, you know, demons are going to use psychological warfare. They find your deepest, darkest fear that you've told no one, and they're going to exploit it, and they're going to use it. They're going to scratch. They're going to bite. They're going to scream. They're going to, you know, d do all kinds of things that don't normally appear in a normal, intelligent haunting, even a residual haunting. Um, you know, they're it's very severe. They're very rare, but a demonic haunting is very severe. It's not... You know, someone's turning on the water, someone's changing the channel, someone's flickering the lights. You know, it's 100,000 times worse. But, so you mentioned a few things. So you mentioned, like, the scratching. Uh, but isn't that going to happen sometimes in a common haunting as well? It can, but I find it really, it doesn't happen as often. And if you do get scratched, it's not always three scratches. Um, a demon generally scratches in threes to mock the, well, if you're religious, it's to mock the sign of the trilogy, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, paranormal scratches usually disappear within 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours, like they were never there. Um, normal scratches won't. Um, you know, I mean, I've been, I don't know, I've been scratched. I've been, someone's tried to throw me downstairs. That was a ghost, a spirit. Um, I've had a knife thrown at me when I walked into a house. Um, you know, not much gets to me anymore. Guess not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, I walked into this house and uh, I'm not sure if it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was a poltergeist. Um and I walk into the house, and this knife literally comes out of nowhere, and it goes into the door jam. And the people are freaking out. And I just reached up, and I pulled the knife out of the door jam, and I went, is that the best you got? And all the energy in the house just cooled right down because you have to be in control. If I could tell people one thing, be in control. Don't be the victim. Be in control. Be proactive. You know, don't be passive. Um, if you think it's a demonic or a dark entity, get help. Don't even try to play with it. It's only going to get worse. Um, and get qualified help. Qualified help, yes. Um, yeah. In uh, my book, um, Is Your House Haunted? I have a whole, I printed out a whole big, there's a whole big questionnaire in there of things you should ask a paranormal team. What kinds of things are on that? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, do you have references? Has anybody been arrested? Do you have experience with dark entities? Um, <coughs> did any member of your team use drugs or alcohol? Mm -hmm. um, we had that on ours. History yeah. Of, history of mental illness. 
history of well, that's you, but that's asking the clients. But she, she's saying this is what people should ask paranormal no, I, investigators. Because I, no, I mean, you're inviting it. strangers into your home, right? Yeah. And, and a ghost, a ghost, uh, a paranormal investigation is very invasive. Oh yeah, oh yeah, extremely invasive. And um, you know what we do is we always do um, like I don't just send them a questionnaire. I before we even bring a team in, um, either myself or James, we go out to the house and we meet with them and we talk to them and get a feel for them and mm-hmm. we ask the questions, we walk through the house, we take pictures, we have a tape recorder running, you know, in case we pick up an EVP. We, you know, we, we do a lot before we even bring a team in. Mm-hmm. If it's something that um, does require the whole team, maybe it'll just be James and I, and we'll go in and just, it's not as invasive as bringing seven people into their house with cameras and, you know, all this stuff. I hate doing that unless I have to, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, one of the things that we put on another question I asked them was when you contacted this team, did, did, um, the founder of the team contact you who contacted you you know that kind of stuff you know we try to personally do james or i we're the ones that contact him we don't send one of our other people to do that um you know i tell the people you know how did they treat you when you talk to them were they respectful of your beliefs? Did they tell you you were wrong? Um, really trying to force their own belief system onto your situation and not take yours into account. I mean, there's a ton of things I put in there for them to ask mm-hmm. to qualify them. Right. Well, and I think that's really necessary because there are a lot of people who watched a TV show and formed a paranormal team. Yes. And no, really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That. That's crazy. Well, and it still continues to happen that there are people who, um, yeah, where that's what happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, there are good teams, but there are also teams out there who really are in it because they are in it for their own personal gain, uh, whether it's they want to satisfy their own curiosity or have a cheap thrill or uh, get their own TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, you have to do it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, one, to further research in the field, and two, to help people. You know, and I, one thing I tell them, you know, if a team charges, find another team. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we have some teams around here that get a lot of press. Uh, I've known they'll do events, they charge $50 a ticket. Mm-hmm. And it's like they charge um, for their investigations. And uh, I've known that people that have contacted us after contacting them, I guess these this team, some of these teams send out really thick like questionnaires and they fill them all out and they send them back. And then the team says, well, the activity isn't severe enough for us to even bother to come out there. Really? Yeah. It's like, who does that? Mm. You know, my thing is, if those people are scared, they need help. Mm. Right. 
you know, there might not be anything there. It might be, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone out there and we've walked into a fear cage. Oh, yeah. You know, and you have to explain to them, look, it's high EMF. This is what's causing this and this and this. You need to get an electrician out here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's about educating the people, not just... Uh, yeah, a lot this. of what we do is education. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's what when we, when we go into a home, that's the same thing. You want to you look for, you know, you want to alleviate the fear, but you also want to educate them so they understand what's really going on. So Right, you know, mm-hmm. and we always look for the logical explanation. We don't always, don't always assume there's a spirit there. Right. You know, we always look for something logical mm-hmm. and uh, a rational explanation. I mean, unless I walk through the door and there's something like front and center, and story, <laughs> but yeah, staring right at you. Yeah, yeah. staring right there at you. I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but if it's not, and I'm not walking through the place and I'm not feeling it, there's got to be something else there. Either mm-hmm. it's hiding or it's a, there's a logical explanation for what's happening. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's high EMF, it's a fear cage. So that's kind of how we handle it anyway. Very you know, good. We always do a report. You know, we go out and meet with them afterwards. I check in with them, you know, after a few months, see how things going. Mm-hmm. You know, do you need any help? Is there something going on? What is everything I can do? Right. You yeah, know, you always want they, to touch back, yeah. Yeah, we just start going and do our thing and then, you know, thank yeah. you very much. And, <laughs> yeah. Forget about them. I mean, that's right. that's not right. So we won't do that. So you got this. So you got this book here. So where do you go from here now? What, what more do you want to do in the field? What you know? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think what I really want to do, and I don't know how to do it. And if anyone out there listening knows how to do it, get in touch with me. I want to do a worldwide database, a searchable database for serious paranormal investigators where everyone can enter in their investigation. Like where it was, doesn't have to be exact address, respect people's right. privacy, mm-hmm. but what kind of activity was going on? What did they find? That kind of thing. And just have a place where people could go and go, okay, okay, this is what's going on. Other ghost hunters could go in there and say, this is what's going on. Type in certain types of activity and see if someone else around the world has had the same type of spirit. And how did they handle it? What did they do? Mm-hmm. You know, what was their evidence? I just think that'd be so cool to have. It'd be such a good resource for a lot of teams. Yeah, so you know, I shared data. Yeah. Yeah, shared data. And mm-hmm. I know that there's teams that aren't into that, you know, but we're. I hate to coin the term paranormal unity, but that's what we really need. Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to learn if we don't share data and we don't share information? And um, that just leads to new discoveries and new things in our field. And I think that's important to do. Um, there was this, interestingly enough, there was a show on, I don't know whether you ever watched um, In Search of God with Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. He was doing this show about what happens to your consciousness when you die. And he was talking to a neuroscientist uh, who said, we know that when a person dies, their consciousness, soul, whatever you want to call it, 
lives after death. It continues to exist after death. We just don't know how long. Well, doesn't that kind of explain spirits? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind yeah. of psychologically, it's kind of scientifically proving. If your consciousness lives on, there's got to be something there. Right. And if your consciousness is energy and energy can't be destroyed, then does it go on forever? Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, but then people bring up, well, what about reincarnation? What about this? What about that? Well, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. You know, I can only speculate like everyone else does. Right. You know, but I just think it'd be cool to have a database where serious paranormal investigators from around the world can all share data and information. It would be helpful and, you know, Along that line, you could also perhaps get some peer review going on, which would be really, really helpful in the field as well. Yeah, like what if someone has a case and they're not sure what it is? Yep. You know, well, tell us what's happening. Let Maybe let's get some other ideas. Let's get some other minds in here and try to help you figure out what's what's going on in there and how to help these people. You know, yeah. I, just think, I just think that'd be an awesome thing to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a good goal to work towards. Yes, it is. And I am not the person to help you accomplish that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not either. But I, I don't even know how, how it could be done, but I just think it would be the coolest thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, I have my own skill set, and that is not part of it. No, that's not part of mine either. So. <laughs> well, we have come to the part of the show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. So this is where you get to plug where people can find your books, where people can find you if they want to get in touch with you, all of that good stuff. Um, they can find my books on Amazon. Um, any bookstore can order them. Um, my team website is um, shadowstalkersparanormal.com. My personal website is debbie-chestnut.com. On Facebook, we're shadowstalkersparanormal. Uh, my personal fan page is the Paranormal Realm. Um, that's that's it. That's about it. It's about shameless stuff. And it's D-E-B-I. Yes. yes. Okay, because yes. Debbie isn't spelled the usual way, but chestnut is. Right. There you go. Right. All right. Well, thank you. It's been fascinating talking to you. And um, let us know when you got another book coming out. We'll talk to you about it. I yes, will. Definitely. Thanks for cool. having me. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. Have a good evening. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, Debbie. Uh, good good night. night. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That's Debbie Chestnut. The book is Something Wicked. Um, and, you know, I think if you want to learn more about some of the stuff she's been talking about on the show tonight, you'll find it in that book. So you'll probably find more of the details of, of some of her personal experiences that she was talking about here in kind of general terms. I believe you'd be correct. That's oh, I believe I would be correct. I believe so. So, Cheryl. Hey, I'm here. I just want to say it to see. Did if you drink that? Did Did you finish swimming in the margaritas? <laughs> it's gone. I I've got like a teeny bit left, but I'm almost done. It's it's now it's a wading pool. It's a little it's a little puddle. There's it's not puddle. much left. Oh my yeah. lord! Well, that was nice of Chad to make it for you. And you know yes, he, he was did. working hard because he was in there hammering oh. on that ice. It sounded like he was demolishing your kitchen. I don't know. We have a blender somewhere around here, but I don't know. He was hammer he was using a mallet to Wait, hey, that's what he was doing. He was he was doing, doing the, the crushing. He, he, he was crushing the ice, yes. 
Oh, I thought he was just like breaking it up. Uh, well, I know it was. It, he was breaking it up. Yes. Yeah. This man's with Christian. Did he use that? What? Did he use that in lieu of the blender? Yeah, in lieu of the blender. Yes. That is pretty manly. That is like, you know what? He could write a book about it and call it the Margarita Workout. Yeah. (laughs) You could get the front with like the sledgehammer, the man's blender. Yes. (laughs) Margarita Workout. You go. Yes. All right. I suppose you want to talk about next week. Yeah, you know, we just want you to talk now. (laughs) Go ahead. Your turn. Uh, All right. August 4th. That's next Thursday. We will be speaking with Brandon Callahan, and he is the author of a book called The Agony That Remains, A Paranormal Investigation in America's Heartland. Okay. Yep. It sounds absolutely fascinating. And um, I'm trying to find his book now because I was going to tell you a little okay, bit about it. I was going to say, what, what's it about? Yeah. I did this what's again. it about, Cheryl? Come oh, on. there it is. Oh, oh just calm down. I've got it right here. Sheesh. Oh, hold your horses. Hold just your horses. Calm down. That margarita's kicking in now. Shut up, Jack. Hey, the thunderstorm up. must not have hit. It's, or you just, you were swimming in the margarita and just didn't give a crap. Moved, it's moved back to 11, which has not happened here yet. It's not quite uh, 11. we got 15 uh, minutes to go. Um, okay. All right. I pulled out the little book here. Yeah. And um, do you want me to give you a little, give you a little sure. promo? Yes. Give you a little promo Snops. of the books. Little snappies of it. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. The Agony That Remains, a paranormal investi- investigation in America's heartland. This says, in the northeast corner of Oklahoma, where the deadly path known as the Trail of Tears ended and where one of the world's largest clusters of ley lines intersect, there's a place of extreme paranormal activity that has received little attention from the outside world. Join mm-hmm. Brandon Callahan and his crew as they investigate the horrifying legacy of a bloody and brutal past where generations of families have been terrorized by ghosts, demons, UFOs, little people, Bigfoot. I wonder if that means leprechaun. What is little people? Leprechauns? Whoa, little people. Well, there's little there's, 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 children. There's, there's, no, I yeah. need children. Children. <laughs> children. <Those> scary children. <laughs> Little people, Bigfoot, and countless uh-huh. other paranormal manifestations. Teaming up with a family who has been driven from their land, Brandon and his crew discover energies that have no fear. As dark forces begin to, taking hold of the investigators' lives, Brandon must attempt to salvage what's, what's left of his team's and his own sanity. Nice. Intense. Dun-dun. That sounds like... Well, I've, yes. I've heard them talk about little people who are like four foot tall, like people. Mm-hmm. They're just, we've oh, seen them. I've okay. seen like pictures of them and stuff. I don't know what the, the exact terminology is, but yeah, I think that might be what he's talking about. Yeah, interesting. Well, okay, next, the next week after that, August 11th, yeah? 11th okay. we have on Ken Gerhard, and he is the author of hey, a hey, men, hey. Men, Menagerie. I love that word. A Menagerie of Mysterious Beasts. Menagerie. menagerie. I love that. Don't you guys love that? It's a fun yeah. word, yes. Fun word. It's fun. I'm looking for a little promo I can read to you guys, too. I'll say it again. Menagerie. <laughs> it's so fun. You can say it again while you're yeah. looking for it. Well, I don't have a little promo. But anyway, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And Ken's, Ken, he's been on once or twice before, yes. and he's always a great guest. So. Yeah, he's a cryptozoologist. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, I have his bio. He, Ken Gerhard from San Antonio, Texas, is a widely recognized cryptozoologist. He has traveled around the world searching for evidence of mysterious animals, including Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Chupacabra, flying creatures, and even werewolves. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. You know, about Jim and I were driving in Mount Rainier National Park on Monday. Yeah. And I swear to God, I saw a Bigfoot sitting down by the river. It was either that or a really super hairy guy. Oh, my God. Really? Did you stop and take pictures or anything? Mm-mm. No, because there were cars ahead of us and cars behind oh, us. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like Did you? How far away was it? Mm, 200, 100 yards, maybe a football field. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not that far. Uh-uh. Well, like, could you make out its defining features and all that? It just looked like a big hairy person sitting, a hairy biped sitting on a log next to the river. Wow, and right next to the road? Um, down from the road, there was like a drop-off. Okay. The river was down. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd like, pull over. <laughs> well, if we could have, if we could have, yeah. But I mean, it could have been a guy wearing a hairy coat, but it was like hairy coat. ninety. It was like ninety <laughs> degrees out, so I'm assuming it wasn't a guy. Yeah, be like, hey Chuck, how many hairy coats do you own? I don't own any hairy coats. <laughs> Plus, if it was ninety degrees, I'd be laying on the ground. Ooh. I have lots of coats that have dog hair all over them. Does that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that counts, right? Terry, it's a coat. Sure. Yeah, Why not? Why not? I, like was, I mean, so I wish I, I wish I wish that um, I had gotten a better look because it wasn't enough that I could really, you know, I, I could say for sure. Um, mm. I was looking for mountain goats at the time because my my goal in life is to see a mountain goat. You're looking for mountain goats, really? Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, it is like my goal in life to see a mountain goat. <laughs> I, I will die okay, happy. Once I'm I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not talking in the Why? zoo. I want to see a mountain goat in the mountains. Why? 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 What's fascinating about what? It's a goat. Why not? <laughs> I don't know because it's just a goat. Like they amaze me though. Hey, you they... got your things. I got mine. <laughs> and they get themselves like on the fun. side I'm just of a asking. rock. Yeah, where, they're, how so, the heck? they're so climby. Yeah, they're climbing. Oh, I, go, I get it. Climby. I get it. Yeah, they're they're they're. It's like where you see the goat sideways on the mountain. You're like, yeah. Oh, how's he doing that? Right. They're, they're okay. mysterious and graceful creatures. Okay, I was just I was just curious. Okay, all right. So it's well, it started. Um, because when we take Tanner to school, we have okay. to drive through the mountains, right? Okay, yes. And there's Correct. a place in the mountains that we drive through that are called the Goat Rocks. Oh, okay. Now, nice. don't you think that there should be an effing mountain goat standing on top of those rocks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the goat, well, yeah, I probably would think so. Well, I have thus far been disappointed. Oh, uh, let's just leave it at that. Oh. It'll happen. Right. One day. One day, you know, so, okay, so we're driving through. I'm looking for mountain goats. I think I see Bigfoot, and I'm disappointed because I don't see mountain goats. <laughs> look, 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 look. Oh, it's a big who cares? I want the mountain goat. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Stupid Sasquatch. <laughs> There's a Bigfoot. Is that Loch Ness swimming over there? Who cares? I want the mountain goat. I was looking for a mountain goat. That's what I wanted to see. God. That was it. Well, I know, like I say, we um, we were going at about 35 miles an hour. I had my glasses on so I could see. Um, I mean, so I wasn't vision impaired. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just looking. I mean, I was scouring those rocks down by the river because I thought maybe I'd see a mountain goat down there having a drink. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's the what? damn big split. <laughs> it's the damn big <laughs> 
Gotcha. Bob's talking, Bob's talking about something like losing time, being stoned. And I don't know what happened. I turned over to the to look over here at the chat room, and Bob's just taking over. I don't know what's going on over here. Well, Bob, what are you doing? That was all right, but it's so, oh, maybe maybe it was the Harry Code or something, and it could have been, you know, it could have been a member of ZZ Top, I suppose. Oh yeah, it's a hippie from Woodstock. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I got it now. Thanks, Bob. Could have been a hippie. Uh, he says who's Bob? Um, because it is Washington State. That's but true. It wasn't. Here's what I'll tell you: it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't a mountain goat. <laughs> Damn it! Right. Damn it! But so um. And, you know, Mount Rainier is kind of is a prime sighting place for Bigfoot. Really? I was excited when I saw the, when I was out by you and I saw the, these, is it plural? The carved Bigfoot. Well, oh. is moose plural or is it Mises? Moose? Moose. Mooses, Mises. I think. So, did, did, was there a, did we see a, sure. moose. it was elk. Moose. It was a herd of elk. Wait. It was elk? Oh, it was elk? It's a oh. of so oh, we have okay. a chat rumor, so Misty Bloom. She saw yeah. Bigfoot when she, or he, I think I it's she, him. but it could be he. Uh, do you know Misty Bloom, anybody? Okay, uh, Big. she saw Bigfoot when she was 10. But it, it didn't look like a hippie. <laughs> okay, well, again, I'm just saying that it could have been a person wearing like a Bigfoot costume what? or a hippie. Yeah, or somebody in a fur jacket or something. Yeah, you, said, you said, like you said, Mount Rainier is very squatchy. Is that a word? Mount squatchy? Rainier is very squatchy. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Exactly. And um, I wasn't looking for Bigfoot. I was looking for mountain goats. Yep. Just one mountain goat. How about like a three-headed The heart. Goat? The heart wants what it wants. I understand. I, I know. know. You know, because I've seen all sorts of creatures in the mountains. Like we have marmots. Um, and you know, I've seen mostly marmots, really. Uh, I've seen deer and marmots and elk wait, and bear. Wait, wait, and wait, back up. Stop time. What's a marmot? What's a marmots? <laughs> marmots are almost like a little bit like minks. Uh, they look oh. like a mink, kind of. Um, oh. and they whistle. I'm sorry, what they whistle. So, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, we used to go hiking up on Mount Baker, yeah, and um, there was this. This uh, as the trail would go past this um, hillside that had all these rocks, yes. and the marmots would pop up. They're kind of like prairie dogs. Okay. So the marmots right. yeah, would yeah, pop yeah. up okay. from behind the rocks and whistle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We should went from paranormal underground radio in the dark to animal wild kingdom. Well, I know that's Cheerily. because I grew up with Grizzly Adams as my father. Oh. Oh. Yes, really? I had a very outdoorsy childhood, but what would you expect from somebody from the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Well, I would expect no us. And Cheryl, yeah. is there any kind of animal you want to see? I mean, since we're on the subject, we have a couple minutes. Animal? I mean, yeah, like anything, like she wants the goat, so what do you want? I want to see Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I can't trust. I, 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 it looked like Bigfoot to me. Yes. But I just can't trust it. I want to see the Jersey Devil. That's what I want to see. I want to Miss, see a sucker. Misty line. Blue, who was a, a girl, a woman. Ooh. Was two, about 200 yards. Was about 200 yards from the Bigfoot she saw. Get out of here. Jersey, really? Sure it was yeah. big, big, did it smell? Just I did it I smell. didn't ask. Jersey Devil? You want to see the Jersey Devil yeah. truck? That's frightening. 
Jersey well, Devil. Oh yeah, the Bigfoot's not frightening. He's only like nine <laughs> foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna rip you apart. Oh, it's like Harry and the Hendersons. It's adorable. I want to sure. see a nice Bigfoot. Okay. Oh. Well, you know, not- I have people. Nope. I have several people who believe that when um, EVP I have from Wellington, the whoop 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 is one is, is Remember Bigfoot. that? Yes. Interesting. Oh. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, Missy Blue says that the Bigfoot did smell. Seriously, yes. Skunky, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. See, she wasn't in a car. I was in a car whizzing past. Well, she didn't say she wasn't in a car. If she smelled it, I'm guessing she wasn't <laughs> in a car. <laughs> yeah, good guess. Past. Just a thought. All right. Normally when I'm whizzing, I'm not in a car. Thank God. All right. Guess what time it is. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Well, it's, right. it's not late. It's early. Oh, oh no, that's a song just... by like Counting Crows or something. <laughs> All right. So, um, nothing else to report before we do the sign off stuff. A uh, new issue of Paranormal Underground magazine will go online tomorrow. So, go check <gasps> out paranormalunderground.net. I got my columns in. Won't regret just it. Just under the wire. Yes, you did. Oh, by the way, I'll just say it. Chad really liked your metaphysical column. Oh, He's thanks. Like, I don't even remember what it was about. He said, who wrote uh, <laughs> Who wrote the metaphysics of forgiveness? And I said, who do you think wrote that? <laughs> Karen. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, me. but we have Miss Ayala really who good. wrote. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It, that's what I wrote about was the metaphysics of forgiveness. I remember now. Yes. I must I have been drunk when I wrote it or something. need <laughs> to read it. It's very hard to forgive, but it's oh. very important to forgive. But it's it's important for you, not about other people. Right. Thanks, Misty Blue. By the way, she's leaving. Thanks, Thanks, Misty Blue. Thanks, Misty. Thanks for telling us about Bigfoot. Squatchies, yes, smell. Have you seen a mountain goat? That's my question. Mm, There you go. We're gonna leave that. (laughs) You're gonna leave that to ponder as we go away. Um. Okay. Well, so thank you to our guest Debbie Chestnut. Uh, The book Something Wicked. Please check it out. And thank you everybody for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Ah, she's seen the goats. Oh. Okay, anyway, I got distracted from my speech. Uh, Other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody. You all have a great week. Thanks. Bye. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, Email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.